today I want to share with you 15 things that I wish I knew when I was starting my multi-million dollar business. For reference, I'm Brock Moser, the founder of FrostBuddy. And, you know, in the last two years, FrostBuddy's generated over $30 million in sales. So, you know, I want to share with you what I wish I knew, what I wish someone had told me, because there's a lot of learnings, a lot of growth that's happened over the last two years. And I thought I could get back some value. So, you know, I want to get into it. And, you know, before I do, I just want to let you know that, you know, I'm not here to give you anything. I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm just here to take what I'm learning on this journey and, you know, help other young entrepreneurs, other people that want to start a business and, you know, see what they can do. Right. So, you know, the first thing I wish I knew was actually that it's not a get rich quick scheme. It's not. And a lot of people, I think, give off the the idea that is. You'll see a lot of gurus on YouTube and on Instagram, TikTok that, you know, make you think that you can make a billion dollars in two years, like Instagram or like something like that. But it is not. Like business deals take time. Okay. So no matter what you're in, like deals just take time, right? And different changes to your business. Innovation takes time. It might take months for a new product to come out. It might take months for you to get into a large retailer such as Walmart or Dick's Sporting Goods. And so when you think it's this get rich quick, like it's just not going to happen. A real business, a real valuable business and a multi-million dollar business is created, you know, over just consistently laying the foundation, laying blocks for you to build upon and building your team and building your, you know, your value and your product values. And, you know, you know, like I said, it just, it's going to take a lot of time. And, you know, I think if you're going to get into it, you got to understand that, you know, it's just not this super easy ride. Like there's just a lot of development and a lot of learning that has to take place, um, you know, which is okay. But it's basically like this. You're going to be running at a million miles per hour all the time, every day, but you have to have the patience to know that you're going to have to do that for probably anywhere from five to 10 years to actually start seeing some major, major compound effects, major value. And when you really, really turn the corner. So, you know, when you see these overnight successes, you know, you probably look back at the foundation of them and when did they start? And it was probably like 20 or 30 years ago, which is crazy because it's just surviving long enough, getting through all of those challenges, all of those obstacles long enough to finally get your big break. And it will happen, but it's just about preparing and learning and getting those opportunities right in front of you that, so that when, it's, when it happens, you can strike and you can finally hit it and become that overnight success. So, you know, it's all about speed in the micro when you have patience in the macro, you know, favorite quote from Gary Vee that he talks about, you know, you're going to hustle all the time, but have the patience to know that, you know, true business development happens over time. So, you know, the next thing is going to be number two, culture is absolutely crucial. So you want to, you know, really start your business and have an idea of what kind of culture you want. Because, you know, if you don't have that, when you start to expand, when you start to bring people on, like, and your culture is not there, there's going to be a lot of problems. There's going to be a lot of challenges that are created just because everyone's not on the same page. So, you know, you have to be very intentional about like, do you want this like startup hustle culture, like garage startup culture that, that, you want to have, even when you're this huge corporation, like, you know, for us, it's like, I want to develop that culture of winning. I want to develop that culture of just figuring things out and going for it and innovating. And, you know, so you have to set that at the very beginning. And whenever you hire someone, whenever you bring someone else on, like you have to make that very, very known that, Hey, this is the expectation. This is what kind of culture we have. And, you know, it's just like anything. 
when when Tom Brady, when he ha- when someone goes to his team, when someone goes to the Buccaneers or when it was the Patriot when he was on the Patriots, they knew what kind of culture was there. And so when you have that culture, when you have that expectation, people can either live up to it or they'll get out. And so you got to have that. That's so crucial. And it's going to go so much further in the long term if you have that vision and you have the understanding of what what is that culture. And so, you know, that's something that I, you know, wish someone had told me that and mentioned how crucial that piece is. So, you know, third is, you know, hiring is the most difficult thing ever. People don't teach you about hiring. That college doesn't teach you about it. Nothing teaches you how to hire, right? But when you're hiring people, when you have to expand your team, you know, you want to hire rock stars and that will 10x your business. Okay. It will absolutely blow up your business if you hire the right people. And so who do I look for? How do I find you gotta look for self-starters? You have to look for people that you can say, hey, here's the objective. And then they're like, okay, cool. I'll I'll take it from here. I'll figure out how we're going to get there and I'll do it. And if I need to hire people under me to do it, then I'll do that too. Look for people that take initiative, that absolutely have a go-getter mentality and that are going to take the challenge and say, you know what? I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to get there and trust me. So I would rather find those people that, you know, I have to, you know, basically bring them in and I might have to, you know, yell at them for going a little too far and overstepping, but then they're, you know, asking for, asking for forgiveness after they went for it and they've learned and they made that mistake themselves. And so, you know, when you find those self-stars, when you find people that, you know, see your vision, see your passion, and they have the same passion, the same vision, and they might even have a different vision that they can see, like, absolutely. Those are the people you need on your team. People that are going to just go, get after it and be persistent, be driven, be disciplined. That is something that, you know, people don't talk about enough. It's not necessarily even having the skills. They can learn the skills. It's about, do they have the want and do they have the drive? So, you know, I wish someone had said that, but you know, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here to tell you. Number four is going to be, you know, think when you're looking at new ideas, new decisions, when you're in a startup, it's fast paced. You have all these ideas, right? And I'm sure you're going to have a million different things that you can do, different ideas, just different products, whatever that might be. When you're thinking through decisions, I want you to do three things with scenarios. I want you to say, what's the absolute best case scenario? What's the absolute worst case scenario that could happen? I mean, the worst, right? Something that might just take down the business. And then somewhere in the middle, what does that look like? I want you to think about all three of those because I wish with every decision that I was going to make from the start, I had sit down, sat down and wrote that out. Hey, what's the best? What's the worst? What could possibly happen in the middle? Because when I look at the worst, now you can prepare ahead of time for, hey, if shit goes south, if this goes really, really south, then we'll be okay. We'll be prepared for this to happen because it, we know that it could, but it's probably not going to happen. We're going to do everything in our power to make it the best. But to just have that in your mind, to have the company understand that, hey, this could happen, it's going to go so far and you're going to protect yourself from getting completely knocked out. You might take a punch to the face, but you won't get knocked out. You know, so, you know, the next is so important to me because no one ever really talks about it, but keeping customers is so, so, so much more valuable than even acquiring them. And it's so much cheaper. So the customer experience, customer loyalty, creating community, that is something that like from the start, I wish I had just 
went all in on understanding and developing the customer experience and the customer culture because it's so much easier for me and so much cheaper to send emails or to talk in a Facebook group to my customers that I currently have and keep them and keep them happy than it is to just continue to spend on advertising and spend all these marketing dollars to keep acquiring new people, but then they just leave out the door. They just go back. So, you know, understanding and really being thoughtful about, hey, what are the best ways to keep customers? You know, whether that is building that Facebook group or whether that is just, you know, having a great, great customer service team and making sure like, you know, like Amazon does, the customer always wins, the customer's always right. And just making that the best experience possible because I promise you, the more, the higher percentage of customers that you can keep and the higher percentage of customers you can keep coming back will create the most profitable and the best long-term business. And so going into that, thinking about that customer journey is going to help you so, so much. And I wish that we had started it at the very beginning and said, hey, how do we make this? How do we keep every single customer that we can possibly get? Now you're going to have some bad eggs. You're going to have some bad fish that just never are going to be happy. And sometimes you screw up and that's okay. But it's about how can we raise that percentage, right? You know, and over years, over three, five, 10 years, you know, hopefully your returning customer rate, you should be looking at that. Is it increasing? Is it getting higher and higher? And, you know, so, you know, that's a big piece of it is keeping those customers as opposed to, you know, only focusing on acquiring. And, you know, so then the next thing is going to be about marketing. Because at the end of the day, the best known product, the best known service is going to win, in my opinion. And so, you know, producing that content, producing TikToks, producing YouTube videos, looking at, hey, how can I touch my customers at the top of mind everywhere I can touch them? And, you know, having a focus on the marketing side of things. Because if someone has a good product, but they don't have any marketing whatsoever, and then someone has a product that's a little worse, but they have the greatest marketing in the entire world. Everyone knows them. Guess what? They win. They always win every day, all day, because people do business with who they know. So, you know, make your business known. Make people feel like they know you. Because when they feel like they know you, now they can relate. Now they're like, they're okay. They trust you. They're okay buying from you. So, you know, in today's world, in 2023, the people that will win in terms of being the best known are the creators, are the people that are on TikTok, that are showing behind the scenes, that are showing, you know, hey, this is who we are, this is what we do, and showing that trust and kind of having that small business appeal to people because that's more trustworthy. They don't necessarily trust the big corporations with the polished commercials that are doing this. You know, where it's going in 2023, if I was starting that business today, is, hey, here's who I am, authentic, genuine, this is what we do, this is why we do it. This is the vision. And I promise you, people are going to gravitate towards that. And just understanding that getting out there top of mind and every touch point possible, every social platform, everything you can, if you need to dominate one, dominate one, probably TikTok or YouTube, if I had to say right now, but just understand that the best known wins. Okay. So then after that, we're going to go to business is infinite. There's no timeline. There's no finish line. Don't put this pressure on yourself to say, hey, in two years, we have to be at 50 million. In two years, we have to be at 30 million. Whatever that is. It's a private business. You're not public. You don't have anyone to answer to. So just take your journey. Take the growth however you want to do that. But don't put the stress on yourself. Don't put that anxiety on yourself because you know there's no time limit. 
There's no race. Every business, even though you might have competitors, is on its own. It's on your own journey. You have your own value propositions and you have your own timeline. So, you know, business is infinite. Decisions are infinite. Like, don't put that timeline. Understand that, you know, in 10, 20 years, if you're trying to build a really long-term business, there's no need to rush. There's no need to just basically force things to happen and focus on the quality the quality of work, the quality of building and everything like that. And it will be much, much better in the long term because it's finite or it's not, it's not finite. Like I said, don't think about it like that. Everyone does. And it just gets you in trouble. So don't do it. You know? So then the next thing I'm going to go to is absolutely know your numbers as much as possible. So what we didn't do for the longest time is we didn't build this profit formula, looking at, Hey, what are all of my variable costs? What are all my fixed costs? And you know, what do I need to make to profit? Okay. And so knowing your numbers inside and out and just having them organized from the start is going to go so far. So, you know, it might not seem important when you're first starting because you might not be making that much, but knowing them is crucial because as they grow, as they get bigger, it gets more complex inevitably. So keeping everything as simple as possible and just knowing and checking it daily, weekly, monthly, so that you're always looking at that because at the end of the day, it's a business, right? And sales are key, profits key, not growth, not $100 million and losing $100 million. What's your profit? What's your bottom line? So understanding the unit cost and hey, for every single unit that I'm selling or for every service that I'm selling, what am I bringing in to my bottom line, to the bank account, okay? And so knowing that at the very beginning is crucial. I promise you, it's going to help tremendously. So write down that formula, figure out all your costs, how you're making money and check it every day, work on it and just understand it and see the trends. It will help. Okay, so then the next thing I'm gonna go to, and this one might be the biggest one, connections, relationships are everything. Okay. Everything, everything I've gotten is literally connection based, relationship based. You can do everything you want. You never know who is going to pay off in the long run. Like literally you don't know. There could be some random LinkedIn connection that, you know, two years later, all of a sudden pays off. They have some, they know someone that knows someone that knows this buyer. Okay. Or they know this huge client. You don't know. So, you know, I utilize LinkedIn really, really hard. There's a, this, the best, best place to make connections in the world, in my opinion, because you can talk to some really, really powerful people. And so, you know, understanding that every single person that you come into contact with could have a connection or could be a connection. And so value those relationships, value everyone you come into contact with, no matter what, because you don't know when down the road, it could be 10 years later that they could matter. I promise. Okay. So then next we're going to go to business is changing in 2023. It's not just online. Online, it's it's struggling. And so if you're just starting, understand that it's not just simply Facebook ads and a Shopify store anymore. It's not just an Amazon business anymore. Okay. So when you're going to start this, I want you to look at all these different pillars that your business, that your service could have. Where are the different places that you could make revenue? You don't necessarily need to start with all of them. But like when I look at Frostbuddy, when I look at our company, I'm like, hey, we can make money online on our store. We can make money on Amazon. We could do customized. We could do engraving on our, on our koozie, right? Or we could do 
you know, custom for corporations. We could do, you know, you could try to partner with Pepsi and do a Pepsi koozie, right? Or we could do wholesale. So I could sell to Walmart. I could sell to Dick's Sporting Goods, you know, or I could sell to these mom and pop boutiques. Like there's six or seven different outlets that we could make revenue to where we don't have to focus 100% online because at some point you want to have this diverse diversification so that if one does start to struggle, you still have these others to basically keep you going, to keep you strong, to keep the company moving forward. But like I said, you don't have to start with all, but just understand that it's not just online. To have a true mature business, it's going to probably need multiple different legs and multiple different spots of revenue that are coming in. All will be at different sizes and that's okay. But don't just rely on that one thing because it is changing and you never know what could happen. And then, you know, with that, I want you to fail fast and I want you to fail often because we're going to fail. We're going to make mistakes inevitably. Like it is literally impossible not to make mistakes. We made so, so many, probably more in year two than year one even, right? Because there's just different challenges and different things that happen. So make those mistakes, but I want you to do one crucial thing with them. When you fail, when you make the mistake, I want you to learn really fast. I want you to fix it really fast. And I want you to understand what happened. I want you to understand that so that you never make that mistake again. And even if it's an employee that does that, I want you to bring them in. I want you to help them understand what happened so that they can never make it again. Okay. So, you know, we're going to fail. We're going to make those mistakes, take it on the chin. And like I said, we're just trying to get punched in the face, but not get knocked out. We don't want the knockout. We'll take the little slaps, the little punches, the little setbacks, but how fast can you learn and how fast can you get better from them? Because what happens is five, 10 years down the road, after you've made all of these mistakes, after you've learned all of this, what you're going to do is you're going to look back and be like, wow, holy, we know so much. We're experienced. We have, we've been through it. We've had the experiences that, you know, have been tough and challenging, but we've gotten through it. So from a mental standpoint and just from a business standpoint, you're stronger all around, but you have to understand that it's going to happen, but you've got to really adapt and you got to really learn. You have to learn, you know, and then keeping the business lean. You know, I think a lot of people want to grow it so big, so big, you know, if you can keep it lean for as long as possible. And what I mean by that is how do you not need to have a ton of overhead? Do you really need all the employees? Can you outsource a little different? Could you use an agency? There's a lot of advertising agencies out there. There's email agencies. There's third-party fulfillment centers that you could use if you have a product. You know, there's outsourcing your bookkeeping. There's so many different ways that you can do that to allow your company to stay lean in that aspect, on the overhead aspect, but also on the product aspect, on the service aspect. I think, in my opinion, in my experience, to stay lean is going to be better because this goes in the next point. I'm going to put these points together, but double, everyone has one thing that you do great. You probably had an idea you probably have a service or an idea for a service that has a value proposition. And the first thing that gets your business off the ground most of the time, or maybe the first of three, whatever helps you really explode, really boost up, that's going to be your best thing probably, right? And so, you know, for us, our universal can cooler, right? So that is what we double down on. I want you to double down on that one thing that is fantastic, right? And I want you to go hard on that one thing for as long as you can. 
Because if you can keep that lean, you can keep it so streamlined and so simple. Like I said, it's going to get complicated, but keep the process simple and dominate that one thing and become so known that eventually, if you can delay you know, wanting to go to the new shiny thing, the new product expansion, if you can delay that and just double down on what you do absolutely better than anyone else, unbelievable, eventually, when you do go to expand, it's going to be so much easier. When you go to grow, it's going to be so much simpler. So, you know, keep it lean as long as you can and double down on that one thing that you do great because it's going to pay off. Absolutely. It's going to pay off. And then, you know, I guess this kind of goes hand in hand, but again, innovation, because there's so many, there's so many people out there. If you look at businesses, once you get into it, look at them, there's so many me too products. And this is what Apple does better than anyone else in the world. And what really took them off before now, now that Steve Jobs isn't there, it's not quite as great. But this is what took them off is the innovation. Okay. It wasn't how can we do it better? It's how can we do it different? And it's very challenging. It's very difficult. It's very easy to do a me too product. And what a me too product is, is how do we do it better? How do we take one feature, one little function, or one little thing of the service and make it a little better? No, don't look. I want you to do this. I want you to look at it and say, how do we do it different? So when I did, when we did our koozie and we did it different than everyone else in the market, this will absolutely 10x, 20x, 100x your business. I promise you, because it will slice through the competition. It will slice through the market. Your marketing will go so much further because it's different. It's innovative. It's unique. And people gravitate towards that. Okay. When you have a me too product, all that you have to do, all that it is, is who has the most marketing dollars, who can market it the best. But when you have the most unique and innovative product, guess what happens? People tell people, people tell friends, people tell everyone else and it starts to get traction. It's that word of mouth. It's that social currency. Okay. And so, you know, truly, truly taking the time to look at the innovation of your products, of your service, because that will 10 X everything. I promise you. I absolutely promise. And then my last point, my last point for this number 15 (coughs) is that everything is negotiable. When you're working with businesses, when you're working with consumers, everything's negotiable. Okay. So from a B2B standpoint, you're going to have to work with other businesses, whether it's fulfillment, whether it's agencies or whether it's whatever it is, it's negotiable and always be skeptical in businesses. When you're working with other people, be skeptical and be alert because businesses will try to screw you over. They will try to get you stuck into contract and don't let them do that. Be tough, negotiate with them, always be skeptical. If someone throws a contract in your face and says, you need to sign it right away, do not, do not do that. And I promise you, you'll get stuck into it and you'll lose a lot of money for no reason. So just understand that you can negotiate everything and don't let people walk all over you, even if they're bigger. And so when you have those contracts, when you have, you know, different opportunities to work with business, stand strong and that just know that in the back of your head, Hey, you know, it's all business. Doing business is truly just working with someone else. It's nothing more simple than that. Just working with the with someone else, with another account, with another vendor, and everyone's just trying to get the best deal for themselves. 
So when you understand that, when you have that bit of skepticism, it will help you in so many deals because that's all business is going to be is more deals, deals, deals. And understand that, be skeptical and have that negotiating power. And it's going to go a long, long ways. So, you know, if you liked this, you know, hit that subscribe, give me a like, give me a little extra share, you know, do what you can. But like I said, just trying to help out with, uh, with the journey. If you have any questions, comment below. I'll see I'll see what I can do. I answer anything and I, anything and everything that I can, but you know, let me know what you want to hear next. And that's all I got. So we'll see you next time. Boom, boom, boom.